InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's your host, Chris Whitting. We live in modern times, but America is still dealing with an old issue, sexual harassment. What do you need to know to avoid being a victim or being accused? InfoTrack's Taryn McCall has the story. Taryn? Thanks, Chris. Despite many years of legal precedent and employment laws, sexual harassment is still a workplace issue. Linda Gordon Howard is an attorney and author of The Sexual Harassment Handbook. She joins us today on InfoTrack. Welcome, Linda. Thanks, Taryn. I'm happy to be here. We've had a couple of decades now to educate ourselves about sexual harassment. Why is it still an issue? Well, sexual harassment is a mystery to a lot of people for a number of reasons. One is that it challenges how we think. Sexual harassment has to do with unwanted sexual behavior. And to know whether sexual behavior is unwanted, you'd have to be interested in what the other person thinks about what you're doing. And most of us really aren't that interested. The second reason is that it really requires us to change our behavior and what we're doing. And most of us think that what we're doing is just fine. Are there fewer incidents of more blatant forms, such as do this or you're fired? Or is the harassment taking more subtle forms? What is starting to happen, very much like race discrimination and sexual harassment is a form of discrimination based on sex, is that people are getting smarter about it. And so supervisors or managers who will sexually harass will often do it behind closed doors or do it when people aren't looking. But there's also a surprising number of instances of companies bringing strip shows into the workplace and of managers actually touching and groping people while other people are watching. I've heard men joke that they would love to be sexually harassed on the job. Is there a gender gap between the way men and women define sexual harassment? There's a big gender gap when people joke that they like to be sexually harassed. It really is a misnomer because the nature of sexual harassment is that you don't like it. So all a man really has to do is to think about his supervisor, whom he isn't interested in, demands to have sex with him, or he loses his job. And then all he has to do is imagine that supervisor is a man, and it starts to come home. Men have filed sexual harassment lawsuits, so we know the problem exists for men, but how prevalent is it? Well, Taryn, complaints from men are about 15% of complaints overall, and that's actually an increase over the number of complaints from men about a decade ago. What forms does sexual harassment on males typically take, if there is a typical? Sexual harassment on males is very much the same as sexual harassment on females. Harassment that has been reviewed in the court is harassment of a homosexual male by a group of straight men or harassment by a female supervisor demanding sex from a male subordinate. They're all the same forms of unwanted sexual attention. There's not really any difference. And you advise that somebody who does feel they're being sexually harassed at work take a series of steps before initiating legal action. How can a potentially dangerous situation be diffused? Well, the first thing is to really distinguish or separate harassment by your coworkers, that is, people who are on your level at the job, 
from harassment by a supervisor because they're very different and the supervisor can bring consequences to you. What I advise people to do is first ask the person to stop. The nature of sexual harassment is that it's either serious or it's repeated. The first thing is to tell the person whose behavior concerns you what the behavior is and that you want him or her to stop doing it. And then the second critical thing is that if the person doesn't stop, to bring a complaint under the procedure that's provided by your employer. And if the person doing the harassment is a supervisor? If you have a supervisor threatening you, or you have a supervisor who really ridicules you or doesn't take you seriously, bring that complaint to the person designated by your employer as the person to receive sexual harassment complaints. And that's something every employee should check out when they're starting a new job. Check the policies on sexual harassment and who to go to if you have a complaint. Absolutely, Karen. I'm so glad that you raised that because the time to look at the policy and the time to read the policy is before you think you have a problem. Because when you think you have a problem, you're upset, you're concerned. But check out, number one, that there is a policy and make sure that you know who's the person that you go to. Do you also advise people who've been accused of sexual harassment? I do. In my many years of working in this area, I have counseled and talked to managers and line employees when they have been accused or before they've been accused. And the first thing that I advise someone who's been accused to do is to listen to the concern. That is, the person who's bringing the complaint to you could be the person who has the problem with your behavior. It could also be your supervisor or it could be the Equal Employment Opportunity Officer at your company. And if it's the person who has a problem with your behavior, then say thank you very much for letting me know and cut it out. But then also there's educating yourself about the policy. Even people who've been accused, especially people who've been accused, need to understand what's the definition of sexual harassment, what's the procedure for investigation. It's also important to cooperate with any investigation that there is. It's very important not to try to talk the person who's complaining out of complaining. It's their point of view, it's their concern, and that's what matters. So it's very important. It could be interpreted as even further harassment if you try to talk them out of withdrawing a complaint. What about a situation where the behavior is not coming from an employee of the same company, but from a client or a vendor? A lot of people are surprised to hear that employees and companies, government agencies, whatever the employment situation is, are protected from sexual harassment by customers, vendors, agents. And so even if it is a customer or a subcontractor, the same advice applies make a request that they stop, and if they don't, report the matter to the designated person in your workplace. What's your take on dating in the workplace? Well, first of all, it happens, and it happens blissfully sometimes. I don't have an issue with it except in the following two circumstances. Number one, I absolutely think it's a bad idea between a subordinate and a supervisor. Too many problems involved. And you have to be very careful when you're asking somebody out that it's mutual, the other person loves the idea, and that your attentions are welcome. Linda Gordon Howard is an attorney and author of the Sexual Harassment Handbook. Linda Gordon Howard, thank you so much for being with us today on InfoTrack. Taryn, thanks for having me. I'm Taryn McCall for InfoTrack.
Next, don't worry if they call you a cheapskate. You can save a fortune with our tips on living cheaply. That's coming up. Don't go away. InfoTrack will be back right after this. 